wrong song. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Theology at Home Played. I'm Heavy D. And I'm Little Boom. Hey, Little Boom. Boom. It's weird because we're actually looking at one another right now. That's yeah. a different experience. We, we might need just sit here and giggle. <laughs> we did this once. We've had, we've yeah, had this set up but once. It, it was but different it was, at your desk. We were farther apart. <laughs> yeah, that's far too intimate. At different angles. Because we had yeah. to have the mics like... Yeah, turned at, a, turned at, at an angle. angle. Yes. Well, grateful for our uh, lead music. Uh, it's a new album by Luxury. Just recent release called uh, called Trophies, and um, we're going to be using their music as bumper music for each inning today on Theology at Home Plate. Woo! We're yep. Yes, it's <laughs> great. I almost said it. Um, yeah. So <laughs> inning number one, inning the number glory one. of God. Amen. Crickets. You didn't end it. I did not. We're still going? <laughs> we are. Well, that's okay, because we didn't talk about the glory of God. We just kind of said, any number one, the glory of God. Yeah, any number one, the glory of God, exactly. Like language found inside your mouth. I call those words black and Like unread words on your shelves. Like the television always on Like all opinions everyone Like conversations with the dead Like promises made in bed Inning number one, the glory of God. Uh, just as a reminder, theology at home plate exists to bring glory to God really in our lives and talk about uh, various ways in which we live in the world and practically live out the glory of God as followers of Jesus and those who've been redeemed by the blood of Christ as Christians. That's our purpose. And we have a passage of scripture that usually Little Boom reads right about now. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31. Excellent. All things are done for the glory of God, including um, our podcast. So... Looking forward to inning number two coming up very soon. Yeah. Inning number two, the glory of God in our study. A study. Study. You've well, been studying how to use a new soundboard. <laughs> we have some new equipment, and this is experimental, so thank you for bearing with us in our experimentation. Yeah, that's why we had two inning number ones. We did. We had two inning number, number ones. Well, one was just welcome to the ballpark. Well, yeah, I have a hard time chewing gum and walking, so I can imagine speaking, starting the music, adjusting the board, all at the same time, but the fruit of this, this 
very awful first podcast with the new equipment will be that we will be able to edit and produce and get this out much more quickly. And I, and I pray much more frequently, like once every six months. Yeah. <laughs> Which is our, our consistent our, uh, our time to make a podcast. And yep. we won't make any more commitments because we're about to give away everything. We're making rash vows. Yes. Um, we don't want to, we don't want to have, so to we're just going to kill one. Make podcasts when the yeah. Lord wills. There you go. According to the Lord's will. Uh, speaking of study, you're doing some study this summer. Yeah. Yep. Internship is kicking. I was yeah. trying to think of like up and running, but I couldn't think of the words. Just everything about podcasting has terrified me all of a sudden. I know. We were doing so well. and We were in a rhythm in terms of what we did, but now it's like this is all new again. Yeah. Which is kind of like new birth. It's all new again. That's good. Um, so study, you also finished study this past semester i did so i've officially yep. graduated high school Whee! hit the little clapping hand oh. button oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's terrible I'm you sorry. knew that too you <laughs> that programmed was, those yeah that was they may have been pre-programmed but he knew you knew which one i knew which one was which yeah i love that we can do this live now and add in the sound effects live yeah before we had to go back yeah um, it makes it fun Like you're repeating yourself. Like <laughs> I'm delighting in myself. Oh, this is so fun. But anyway, I'm sorry. Well, that's cricket's gone for a while. So study's been going well. I would have had my associate's degree if I didn't take a L <laughs> or more appropriately an F <laughs> in a uh, calculus class. Um, so I've got one class to finish up. I was going to take it this semester, the summer semester, but we decided to not do that because of some scheduling issues with uh, a worship conference in August. Yep. Yep. And so I'll be pushing that um, for the fall semester, probably doing a 10 weeks course still. That's my plan currently. Um, yeah, getting my associate's degree. But the study with the uh, internship has been really good. A uh, good friend of mine is a fellow intern underneath Pastor D. And we've been having a good amount of reading to do. Mm -hmm. I've done most of it. Mm -hmm. And I've skimmed a lot of it. Mm -hmm. um, we just finished John Frame's Doctrine of the Knowledge of God, and a, a, not a whole, not the whole thing. To yeah. Be, to, to be clear, <laughs> yeah. to be clear, it, we we did it in a week. We do weekly segments. We had like a section to read out of it, and a section to read out of the Doctrine, the doctrine of God, of God by, John. by John Frame as well. I really enjoy his work. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's that's where I'm at currently. But with all this reading, and then uh, we'll get into vocation, talk about other things. Yeah. But other, let me, I got a quick question for you. On you mentioned taking an L on a class, and not yes. the highlight. We, we all have times when we've either failed by virtue of, of uh, sometimes giftedness, sometimes discipline, sometimes just ignorance. So how do you glorify God when you fail a class? Yeah, well, I, I would start by saying that in, in the failing, there was not um, the reasoning behind the failing was not a, a God glorifying reason. It was right. based off of lack of commitment to the class, um, an assumption that it wouldn't be as hard as it was. And overall, starting it out poorly, uh, there's something to be said for starting something out well, being committed to it at the beginning, because I was really trying at the end. I was studying hours and hours, and I just wasn't able to get the grade up enough. Um, but it was a it was poor planning. Planning is very important. Planning out when you're going to do homework, planning out when you're going to study. Planning especially. out podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I didn't do much planning. Um, so definitely yeah. uh, a very humbling time. I've never mm. failed a class before. Mm -hmm. I was pretty upset about it. Um, you know, difficult because it was going to be my last free class. So now from now on, all the classes I take in college will be uh, costly. Mm -hmm. um, 
dual credits was a huge blessing being able to take college classes that applied to my high school. But, you know, I think when failing something, remembering in, in that humility, um, remembering that it is a part of God's plan, even though it may be some areas of sin in your own life of laziness. I certainly was for me, a laziness, putting things off, thinking that it'll be okay and just wasting, wasting time that could be better spent. Um, so don't fail classes. I know some, if you're a student and you fail the class, uh, you'll know the reason personally behind it. Um, but I think frequently if we really commit ourselves to things mm-hmm. and think I'm not just doing this for my teacher or a grade or so that I can get a well-paying job, but I'm doing this because I care about being um, biblical in my life and doing we're doing things to the best of my abilities to glorify God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'd be my advice. No, that's good. My so, thoughts. but what what about once you fail it? How what's a what's a God glorifying response when you fail? What what have, have you learned anything in that? Yeah. Um, well, first humility. <laughs> it is humbling. It's very humbling. But yeah, then, but um, how you act, walk through that in, humility. yeah. How you, how you walk through that in humility, just being able to not blame it on others, mm-hmm. to be able to take the responsibility and say, this is my fault that I failed. The F on my transcript is not because of anyone else. You might have a bad teacher. Um, but colleges in many ways and many things in life are based on what you're willing to put into it how much work you're willing to do, what study you're willing to get done. It, it is, it falls on your shoulders, not on the shoulders of the people around you. Yeah. Um, which is something in life that you want to be do, doing consistently, whether you have a, a career or you're dealing with people, if something goes wrong and it was your end responsibility, they may have done something uh, that affected that, but ultimately it falls upon yourself. So being humble to say, yeah, this is my fault uh, and taking responsibility for that and saying, you know, um, you know, God is going to bring me forward from this point, and I seek yeah. to do better. Take it as a learning experience. You yeah, know? so you're not defined by one F. Right. So you see two extremes within academia, it seems like, for students particularly. Either one, just scraping by, right. and that's not necessarily glorifying God. No. But you're, you're, the tendency is to, like, I'm, I have either one in pride, I've got this, doesn't matter, it's not important to me, therefore it's not important. Or the other extreme is this is the most important thing ever, and they just put their lives on hold to do academics and they make it the most important thing, which is also not God-glorifying because there are other priorities in our lives that are more important than our education. Uh, relationships, people are more important than our personal education. Right Now, there's a connection people have to our education, especially exactly. if you want to get married, especially if you want to have a career to serve. So it's not unimportant. It's just prioritizing the glory of God in those. So if we fail, how do we respond? We're not identified by our failure. If we succeed, how do we respond? We're not identified by the the academic gifts were identified by the privilege that God's given us to use whatever he's gifts. He's uh, distributed to us. However, he's doled them out to us to use them for his glory. Um, So I think you exhibited that. Uh, I think you learned a lot through the class. I did. And we're able to just say, ultimately, I just didn't put in the time that I should have up front thinking through it to, to really do well, to glorify God and scrambled at the end. But God, you're, you've, you've repented of that and now you're ready to walk in a different way. Yeah, and you've really ha- you've even been able to have examples before you run too long on study. Um, you've had examples of that in yeah. pastors' college of times when your family responsibilities outweighed the responsibilities yeah. of study. Yeah, missed uh, some classes. I was actually gonna, that was my question yep. for you. Was you know I'm dealing with there there are things here <clears throat> now with my limited amount of study that I'm doing for the internship. <clears throat> you had a much heavier burden at pastors' college in those tense months, ten months of reading and writing and mm-hmm. you know doing assignments. You were actually doing 
schoolwork. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to put it. Um, yeah. I, I was at some level, I mean, seminary type level work, but not, yeah. not the depth and, and degree of a seminary, but the well, same. 10 months. So yeah, it 10 has to be pretty serious weekly classes condensed kind of like you're doing now. Weekly readings. We did weekly classes, 18 hours in one week. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, just I think the same thing is is the prioritize the priorities that we have to glorify God come from Scripture. Exactly. So, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and mm-hmm. love your neighbor as yourself, and then fit study into that those categories of of how that works. How does study fit into there? Well, you can make the case I think that I'm loving my neighbor well by learning by investment. This is certainly love my family because I want to get a I want to have a family. I want to be able to provide for them. So there's a lot of connection. There's yeah. way more than that. It can be a huge temptation, I think, for students who desire to do well in yeah. life and in, in school to let study, let academia transcend their other priorities or other God-given callings in life. Yep. You know, to be a Local honorable, yep. a child in the home, to yep. honor your father and mother, to be a leading older sibling, mm-hmm. uh, to be a helpful younger sibling, to serve in the church. Faithful you know, there's a wide variety of other callings that we have. Uh, yep. And study has its place and is very valuable yep. um, as long as it is in the context of glorifying God. Yeah, the entailment of that is is when you when you become an adult and you have a career, if you've already prioritized your education, you tend to prioritize your career. Yeah. And then you're making decisions about your local church involvement based on your job and not based on the priority of the kingdom of God. You see people moving without thinking about having a local church to go to. You see people relocating, thinking, oh, I'll easily find a church, and you're leaving a church they have deep spiritual relationships in, deep gospel commitments in, and, and it affects them adversely spiritually. Yeah. Something to consider. Awesome. Inning number two, the glory of God in our study. Do, do, do. Inning number three, the glory of God in our sports. Yeah, uh, so lots going on. Astros have been playing really well, so praise the Lord for that, until the last five games. They've lost five games in a row. <laughs> so a little disappointing, but a lot of injuries. And yeah, it's been crazy with the injuries. Yeah. Just Altuve, Altuve just came Altuve. back. Oh, Altuve's back. He's back. Wednesday. But then What's the, yeah. Springer. Springer's still out doing still an out. assignment. Correa still out. No timetable for him. Yeah, just shaking our heads yeah. at the context of that. Don't quite Three understand. Really big. Oh, uh, Eliminez Diaz, who's not as important. Yeah, he was a free agent they picked up who was replacing Altuve while he was out. Well, he got he hurt. He got hurt too, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then there's been other injuries where guys have missed a few games here and there. It's just been a lot of injuries. Like like the Yankees that were playing have had a lot of injuries, and they're coming back now. They were looking really good. The encouraging part about that with them being the Astros being our favorite team um, is just how well they did play without those stars. Yeah. You know, the they, way they held together, yeah. even though they weren't shining as much, they yeah. still did really well. And in other than these last few games, the winning streak, you know, consistently having good games, they weren't playing great teams, but I mean, everybody, it's, it's the MLB. Everyone's pretty good. Yeah, it's true. Everyone is pretty good. I mean, <laughs> the face he just made. There's a few teams. Who are you thinking of? Well, there's a couple of the Baltimore Orioles. They're terrible. They're the, by far the worst. Yeah. But I wouldn't disagree with that. But I mean, still, they're major league baseball players. Barely. 
<laughs> in fact, I would say with the Orioles, they probably have more AAA players on their roster Ouch. than anyone else. I mean, it's just true. It's yeah. just, there's some great players, but they also have some that, that probably wouldn't start for any other team just because they're rebuilding, kind of like the Astros were a few years ago when they lost 100 games three years in a row. That was tough, yeah. Yeah, Those I remember. Years. Yeah. Well, one of the things uh, related to sports is the World Cup. The, the Ladies' World Cup is going on. No one mm, – I almost said that. Um, not a lot of people, from a marketing standpoint, engage in women's sports, and that's becoming a political issue more and more. Really? Where, yeah. So read an article today about one of the WNBA players. So you even know what the WNBA is? Yep, Women's National Basketball Association. You got it. Good job. I just, I've never heard that term before. I just guessed <laughs> it because of the context we were in. To be honest, I've never, never heard, heard that. of the WNBA. Nope. Well, so I saw a post from one of the athletes that plays within the WNBA about their travel. I guess they were flying coach on Southwest or something yeah. like that. And so these six foot eight, six foot six players sitting, you can imagine how tight it is when you fly on a Southwest airplane. Imagine if your legs are as long as their legs are. So anyway, she was, she was making a statement about the quality of their travel. And um, because they just don't make much money, they barely right. are able to, to make a living. And so in some sense, developmental. So the, this becomes like a wage issue. Women don't make as much in the workforce as men make in the workforce. And this is a And this injustice. isn't discrimination, though. You can't argue discrimination. I mean, you could argue it, but I think that that would be false because it's not based off of their performance. It's based off of market. the audience. Market. Yeah. If lots of people watch it, if it gets lots of views, yeah. there's lots of ads that want to be in that companies start making a lot of money. You know, they sell a lot of merchandise, the companies make money. They have yeah. a lot of full stadiums, the companies make money. But if they're not doing those things, it may not be their fault. It just yep. may not have been a popularized sport to watch female sports, regardless of whether that's, you know, want to get into whether that's like institutionalized. Yeah, or I, think, I think that's where we go. We're not smart sexism. enough. We're, we're not, neither of us are educated enough or read enough to even jump into the entanglements of all of that. What um, do you, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I don't, don't draw me into that conversation. I really don't have a, I, I mean, part of me goes to where you're going. If there's a market for it, then great. I mean, that's true with any product. It's a product. You're putting a product out there. If people don't want to buy it. They won't buy it. They're not buying it enough. for. But I think the statement was, we deserve better than this. And that kind of that kind of speaks to some, it's not a moral, you, they could do other jobs. You know, it's not like if you were a minority in this culture and you couldn't, you were discriminated against in certain category fields of study and women women let's be real women have been discriminated against because they're women on philosophical grounds hey i don't think you know women should be working in the workforce or whether it's on uh, more prejudicial i believe men are better than women right direct chauvinistic so that that has happened i'm not saying that doesn't exist i'm saying that ha but that's not always the case that's why this is a little more complicated right like with them do you really deserve to be in a professional athlete of sports no one, no one deserves to be a professional athlete no if it's available then you pursue it and if you get it well then you've you've gotten it it's like saying i deserve to be a doctor well if i study and i and i qualify then in one sense i deserve to be a doctor but if i still can't function or there's no place for me to it, you function, could well essentially you could say a brain surgeon could know everything there is to know about brain surgery yeah. successfully understand it and be able to describe it to you perfectly but they have shaky hands or they are right. unable to do it successfully. They won't be hired on some at some hospital. They won't work right. as a brain surgeon. Right. Um, right. Write, write books or articles. Or the issue with the the female, though, in the sports is not necessarily that, that she can't perform with other females. 
and a high quality level of sports that would be entertaining. It's that women haven't played sports for hundreds of years. They don't have a history of sports. Men generently want women have played sports, but I see you're saying not professionally. That's well, uh, professional sports is fairly new, right? Yeah, but you're saying, but if you go to baseball, there have been professional teams where the men have been paid minimally for two hundred years. No, not two hundred, but a hundred, a hundred and fifty. Because it started about 200 years ago when baseball was... Well, Civil War, post-Civil War, so 1870, and you really didn't have professional teams okay. until like 1900, so okay. 120, 120 years. years. Yeah, That's which is Which is history. It's in our culture. Um, it's built into our culture. Yeah, no doubt. But the deserving yeah. is, is the issue, not that it wouldn't be... Uh, I don't know what to say. Well, Other I think, than I think it, it, there's no injustice. Yeah, that's there's no occurring. injustice that's occurring. And the only way to do that would be to forcibly make people watch it. Yeah, exactly. Or to say uh, women cannot and make it against the law mm. for them to play professional athletics. That would be an That would be an injustice. Right. Yeah. Just like it, there were laws that were created that African-American couldn't participate in certain arenas because the laws were formed in such a way that it excluded them. There are no laws for playing professional sports. If it, it's it's totally market driven, and mm-hmm. so I think that's your point. But the real issue is they compare themselves to men professional sports teams, and they say there's a they do feel an in an equity uh, between them. I They're not equitable. Would, pardon me if I'm offensive in this, but uh, this is a naive. 19-year-old, don't hit it. Don't hit that button. <laughs> um, yeah. This is a more of a question, poses a question, but I believe, and it's something that I believe from what I've heard, mm-hmm. I haven't done much study on this, being very careful with the issue. Yeah. Um, not that we have a lo- large viewer base. We have a zero, <laughs> zero viewer, viewer base. <laughs> um, audience. 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 <laughs> You're right. No viewers. Video listener. It. I did have one recommendation from a listener that we video, like set up my our digital camera in here while we were. Do going. I know this listener? <laughs> <laughs> you do. Okay. Uh, um, no, but I, I think the issue would be I wouldn't recommend women to compare themselves to men's sports, not on a basis of their value as in, as human beings made yeah. in the image of God, but on a basis of their physicality. They are not. God didn't make men and women the same. The muscle mass naturally that will occur in a man is going to be different in a female. Now, yeah. not all the time. You'll have very short. Like, look at Altuve. He wouldn't play professional. He couldn't play professional women's basketball. You couldn't play professional. Uh, women's no, basketball. well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I couldn't play. <laughs> I can't play high school basketball. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, you could probably. Mm, I would. Anyway, I would, not now. I know you're past your prime. In on the whole, yeah, I get most it. women could not compete in men's sports. Correct. So there is a correct. different level of extreme. Correct. Because they they physically don't reach that point, and then right. you start getting into well, should they be allowed to change their body physically? Correct to compete in that way so that they would be quote equal to men. And I don't, but my my problem would be not so much. I don't. My personal view is that if women were able to play at the extreme level that men are currently in football and basketball and baseball, I don't think that would necessarily draw in a viewer base. Yeah, maybe not. But unless unless they were just mixing the two, right? Like men and women played together. Which yeah, and I it, think. I mean, I mean that's that's like uh, Survivor. You know, I mean, you get a little bit of that. And the reason I say that is because they have competitions, right. physical competitions, yeah. men and women, and there's different ways in which they set those up so that it's not just a physical superiority. There's you know the in- intelligence of each individual, the stamina of each individual. There's lots yep. of variables. 
So the way sports have been constructed primarily within football, basketball, baseball is is men have done that. I think you're right on. I think you have to say, okay, as a Christian with a biblical worldview, once I have a biblical worldview, I have no problem with the differences. And I would say if women can can produce a product that people want to watch, produce a product people want to watch, as long as it glorifies God in your femininity. Don't try to mimic the men. And that's why I have a problem with the deserve. I deserve to get paid what they get paid because there's a there could be. I'm not saying this athlete. I mean, I have no idea, no presumptions. But there could be a presumption that biologically women are less what they are because of, of evolutionary processes and the way that they have been treated throughout the year. I mean, even yeah. that could be, a, and that for us as a Christian, we would categorically disagree with that yeah. and say, no, you're, you're representing God in a unique way as a woman as that they're representing can't. God men can't. And men are representing God as unique, unique way as men, as only men can, yep. that women can't and valuing that instead of making that a, a pejorative yeah. distinction. And it, it is a little, I don't know. It makes me chuckle to think just from my viewpoint. Yeah. Most people that I know who regularly keep up with sports and watch sports are men on the whole. They're, yeah. And yeah. the women that I know that like sports have husbands that really like sports. Almost all. I think that's changing a little bit in our culture. That's why it's going to be interesting. And then if that if but if that is changing, then we're going to have more women watching women's sports. Correct. And then they will start making more money. But maybe women want to watch Men's sports. Men's sports. <laughs> we I don't know. We can't. We can't predict. Move the market forcibly. Correct. You can influence with advertisement. Right. But you cannot forcibly Correct. change the market. That's right. Um, and right now the market is leaning in favor of male sports still. For sure, uh, it's, uh, be, not even close. it's not even. But you see, like on ESPN, you see a lot of women reporters. You see a lot of women uh, host various ESPN shows. Well, we know why that is. No. I, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I mean, it's been well, that way for a long time. Cheerleaders not, not really on the side of high school well, football yeah, but, games have been. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But we're going to have to edit that out. Okay. The women who give commentary are not cheer. They're intelligent about the sport. I didn't say they're not not intelligent. But I, I don't think they're. So you, you bring up a point. That this was actually an issue today on ESPN. Really? So there was a man on ESPN that was being interviewed. His last name is starts with a B and ends with an L. And the two middle letters are A-L. Uh, LeVar Ball, who and who has his sons playing basketball. He's a really iconic figure who's very controversial. I say iconic. He thinks he's iconic. <laughs> but anyway, he was interviewed by a woman on a show this morning in ESPN, and she said, hey, okay, LeVar, I want to change. I think it's LeVar. Uh, I want to change the topic of discussion here. And he, she said, I want to change gears for a moment here. And he said, his response to her, I'll change gears with you anytime. Oh, wow. So at that point, she's like, adjust the conversations. Like, all right, all right very moved on. Inappropriate yeah, statement. so she ended up, she ended up. It, I mean, it's all over the news now. Like ESPN has said, we're never having him, or we have no plans to have him back. That's the way they said it. And he's just, and he said it wasn't meant to be an innuendo. It wasn't meant to be that way, but it came across that way for mm, sure. And I see. it seems like it was. But my point in saying that is that, Women, I think, would argue that the sexualization of their, of themselves on in like you're seeing less and less cheerleaders now, even showing and them I'm when they show up football. Certainly game. happy with that. Yeah, and so from a Christian, you can feel the tension. Like we understand men are attracted and are pursuers, and and it seems we would argue, I think, even that men are are to pursue women, not women, to pursue a woman for the purpose of marriage, and 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 then resist all other women, in in terms of attraction to honor God to be a one woman man and 
women are to be one man women. So, uh, ladies. So, I think I think when we think about sports, once you start mixing genders, men and women, so you start mixing female and male, it, it gets interesting because there's there's a lot in sports that is unbiblical that is that is driven yeah. by the male manchoism, and, and I mean, and not rooted in really valuing and identifying and holding up women as beautiful and good and and as a, as as in one sense the gentler or the yeah. more gentle uh, creature. You I know? certainly agree with that. So the women in I think have done a great job, you know, commenting on the sports. And I think they're genuine sports fans. I think you see it more in baseball than you see any of the other sports. Um, I can't think of her name because I don't know really any. Uh, oh, that does commentary who, who do on ESPN. Go comment, do commentary for ESPN. I don't know any of the guys' names either. I don't know her name, uh, but I think she does a fantastic job, especially announcing games. Yeah, I, she's, she's com- done. She's great. She's announced. She's very yeah. competent. She yeah, she does um, it with Alex Rodriguez, and her name is I, I can't remember. I'm sorry. But anyway, wow, we've taken it a long ways yeah. uh, on the glory of God in our sport. We can keep going, and we could spend this session yeah. uh, on uh, this. Well, I, I would like to clarify. That was a little bit of a joke of mine. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think that, that I was make, bringing up the issue that I think it is overly sexualized. Yeah. Um, and not trying to say, like, well, why don't we see more men reporters? That's discrimination. I wouldn't say that at all. But I'm saying the reason I believe that the people oftentimes on news and on uh, – Sports reporters, the people attractive who are reporting people. things, is because they're attractive people. And if most Even the uh, men, people yeah. watching it are men, yeah. then it would make sense you wouldn't want an attractive-looking guy. Although they do. I think everybody's typically pretty attractive. Oh, yeah. Generally. 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 Sorry, Chris Berman. There are exceptions. Whoa. <laughs> but but my, my desire would be for that role not to be overly sexualized, but generally valued. Like the, I don't, I don't know what, I can't think of her name. I don't even know how to search for her name. Um, Sunday Night Baseball, ESPN. Where's it? We want to give Filler. her a due yes. uh, props because she is fantastic. She yeah, plays softball. Does a great job. She works with uh, the two guys. I know one of them. I can't even remember the name of the other announcer, the color. They get, they is provide Jessica Mendoza. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Jessica Mendoza. Yeah, Jessica. Jessica's great. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and so and seeing it, more people like Jessica Mendoza taking she knows out her the mantle stuff. and yeah. being sports fans, being and, able to talk about it and make a living. And, you know, if you hear it on the radio, you're like, oh, this is, I can listen to this and I know what's happening. She knows more about it than, than I do. And that's why I'm For listening sure. to this yeah, is because I want to hear people who know more about this than I do. I have to be honest. I was a little skeptical. Initially, I kind of thought, oh, this is just a political, I think that's where as Christians, we have to be careful when good things happen through political arms or in ways that we can easily assume it's, it's the opposite party, opposite political party of our own choosing, then somehow it has a, whether it's right or left, it has a right agenda or this has a leftist agenda this has an extreme conservative you know agenda instead let us say oh let's see where the the grace of god works the the common grace of god works out where men and women are treating each other more as creatures in the image of god who have equality before god that's a good thing and that's where uh, i think christians we want to be real careful especially those of us that are complementarian that can be misunderstood as complementarians those who believe that there are unique roles that are for men only because God has ordained it that way. And that is in the church as elders and in the home as the leader, we believe a husband is to lead in the home, but he's to do so lovingly and with equality. Uh, Just like anyone has authority is to do it with equality uh, except for God. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Inning number. Wow. Only inning number three. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) 
glory of God in our sports. I can hear you. I can hear you too. Inning number four, the glory of God in our music. It's my turn. No, I thought you did sports. No, you did sports. I did I did study. You sure? Uh-huh. We'll go back and listen later. You're wrong. Oh, oh no, right. I think you're right. <laughs> okay. One of us introduced it. <laughs> we took so long. Like, we're at 32 minutes, Saints. Rush through music real quick. Yeah, rush through music. So we're using this CD for our bumper music, Luxury. It's a new CD called Trophies by I'm this really band. I'm really liking it. Yeah, so they're they're an alternative band. They were originally a punk band, and they have an article. If you don't read World Magazine, there's some good things that are written in World Magazine. I mentioned it before. You can get most of the articles free online. So if you don't get them uh, or get it, uh, get it and read it and at least sign up for their email drops and you'll get some of their articles. But they have an article called Way Too Punk. That's the name of the article. And it's called One Promising Band from the 1990s Tells Its Story of Getting Stuck in the No Man's Land Between the Christian Music Market and the Wider Market. And then it, it's them, how they've just recently recorded recorded a new album. And uh, anyway. Not that we haven't been controversial enough, but I thought you just said the wider market. <laughs> Instead uh, of wider. Wider market. market. All right, Not the just wider market. <clears throat> just to clarify. Whiter, whiter, but wider. Okay. Emphasis on the D. <laughs> Although their style of music, it probably is the whiter market as well. Hey, don't, don't judge wrong. on Cyrus. I know. I, hey, I'm sorry, Cyrus. Oh, he, wait. You can't. Don't nobody knows names. him who he is. I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> That's what I do anyway. pretty frequently. What's really cool, these Take guys now... Take this podcast now, with a grain of salt. Yes, please. These these fellas, three of them are Orthodox priests in the Eastern Orthodox Church. One of them is a PCA pastor, a Presbyterian Church of America, and then the other one's like a filmmaker. They've got a new film called Parallel Love, which tells their story and um, Interesting. how they developed. And so check out their music. The new CD is called Trophies, and you've been listening to it between the bumps, between the innings. Inning number four, the glory of God in our music. Inning number five, the glory of God in our films. You seen any good movies lately? Uh, you know, I haven't really. I, I have not. I was excited about a new TV series release, but it needs to be extremely qualified. I just blew it. <laughs> I just blew it. Extremely qualified. Yeah, it's just, there's just so much in it that is you wouldn't disturbing. Suggest. Okay. So Luther came out with season five. Ah, okay. PBS, Luther, Interesting. Idris I, I Elba. Need a, is that it? Is it yeah, Elba? Idris Elba. I believe. If we mispronounce it, forgive us. Yeah, we're we're, we're big fans of yeah. his acting. We're from East Texas. Idris Elba, not, not the brightest people, not the sharpest pencil <laughs> in the drawer. Um, that now we just upset. Oh my goodness, we are so foolish. It's okay. Yeah, so I, I, he is kind and, and benevolent. We are fools, um, but we we attempt to please the Lord and glorify Him even through our humor. Oh Lord, help us 
help Luther because Luther is a conflicted uh, detective in London, and he, the whole series is dealing with um, a, a primary relationship strand that runs through the whole five seasons about a f- he befriends someone who commits a murder. And it, what I like about the aspect of it is it is it highlights the humanity of even people who are sinful, of course, we're all sinful, and respond in very sinful ways to the particular circumstances of their lives, and sometimes in criminal ways. But it doesn't dehumanize them. And that's something that we have to remember as Christians, that people are not dehumanized by their sin. Um, it, it can, it, they, they can actually perpetrate things that, that are wicked and evil and resisting God, but there's no, it's important to remember the image of God distinction gives you some level of empathy even for those who deserve uh, criminal justice yeah yeah anyway so that how shall i say i say it like that very interesting so watch that movie or i'm Mm, sorry tv show with a grain of salt yeah be careful be (laughs) Be careful caution he he gave many warnings well i would be amiss not to talk about the biggest movie of the last 11 years endgame Avengers Endgame. If you haven't seen it by now, it's been out for a, f- a month and a half, two months. Yeah, no spoilers. Uh, we'll do spoilers. Okay. If you haven't seen it by yeah, this point. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, just, just all three of you who are listening, turn this off. Yeah. Um, it was a fitting conclusion to Tony Stark's story arc. Yeah. I believe. The man who was full of himself, prideful, and in the first Avengers movie, who was accused by Captain America of not being the man to lay down and let the other man crawl across. Uh, but in reality, he did that like every movie. <laughs> so he was accused of something that yeah. wasn't even wasn't at all realistic to how he acted. No, how he, what he said, it was inconsistent with his words, but not inconsistent with his actions. Right. Sorry. I, um, I thought it, it did, for the amount of characters that they fit into this movie, I thought it did pretty well. Um, and continuing on from the previous film, it wasn't very surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, without the... Mm, Got to have one Daryl interruption. We've had a few, actually. And mine. Um, so f- without the 10 years of preparing for this film and other movies building into it and other characters being developed, if you just watched this on its own, it would probably be like a 30 on Rotten Tomatoes. Because you'd have no idea what was going on. Yeah. Um, but because of that, I would give it, you know, I would rate it all, a lot higher because of the relationships. You know, the main two ones that I think it deals with are the two origi- the original, or the original six Avengers. It really deals with them the most. Um, but the core two, I, I would say Captain, Captain America, America and Iron Captain Man. And Iron Man. Um, it, it's so much, I don't even want to try describing the story arcs and everything, but... Uh, it definitely just shows where the MCU is going politically, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'll be more and more. It seems like in the beginning it was less um, of the series. Phase one of the series was less political. Now it's become more politically oriented. But still really fun movie to watch. Um, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, I think. <laughs> You're supposed to be home in eight minutes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wait, we're not supposed to put that on the podcast. I know. That's no. why I was like, why? <laughs> I don't mind. Inning number, what are we on? Mm, five? Five. Or six. Five. 
glory of God in our films. Films. Inning number six, the glory of God in our food. I like food. Me too. That's all I got. Food is good. Food gives food, life. Actually, last night, so I don't have to tell people when this was. Last night, I had a fantastic meal. Really? Oxtail. Have you ever had oxtail? I've never had oxtail. It's like a super good roast. It's like like what roast should be. It's like you've gone to heaven, and it's and like it's roast. From yeah, heaven. this is sanctified roast. Like this is what roast will take like when you're in the holy places, right? Of the Lord. Yeah, this is this would be just like laying around on the ground. You just pick it up and eat it. I'm so disturbed. <laughs> I don't want to uh, even think about that anymore. Well, I mean, like in heaven, how are, I don't know. We're we gonna kill animals in heaven. No, no, there won't be death. Right. So, so you won't. You won't be. So how do you? Ha- so beef comes how. It comes in packages. <laughs> I don't know how it comes. It comes delivered maybe, from maybe a bird, we, an angel. What about this crazy idea? What if yeah. we don't eat meat? I cannot accept you that. Can't accept I it. cannot accept that as or maybe, maybe maybe it'll be like mom's video game. We talked about this. Where you put a veggies can taste like veggies taste like meat. Yeah. Yeah. Um but maybe it'll be like mom's video game she plays sometimes. What about Bob the Domain? <laughs> I'm just saying. No, heyday okay. on her on her iPad where yeah. you, you put the little canister. It's like a machine that goes around the pigs and it squeezes off the bacon and then they're all skinny and you just feed them. They get fat and you squeeze off the bacon and they live. The pigs that, never die. Wait, why so this have is we how, gone here? I started it with just laying on the ground. Well, that's I mean, that's the game. If you play heyday, it's a very popular supercell heyday. mobile game. Not, not, not sponsored, not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that I've seen and it's very like, oh, really? This is small. You squeeze the pig fat off so you don't yeah. kill it. You're just... Making it more healthy. Yeah. Angels will harvest the fat of the animals. I would just say have yourself some oxtail if you haven't had it. Find yourself a good... There's a new soul food restaurant in Paraland, by the way. I don't know the name of it, but it's like Mama something. And um, I'm looking forward to, to mm. eating there. It's Is a it second be location. near PJ's? It's here. No, it's it's here. It's open. Because it we're going to get a jambalaya Thursday. place next to PJ's. Oh, nice. We'll very excited about that. Some good restaurants. There's some diverse restaurants coming to Paraland. I'm yeah. excited about that. I'm excited. I saw um, I saw their Facebook page. We had nothing to say. Now you're just... Yeah. I'm getting, we're talking about food. I'm getting excited. In fact, I may eat there today. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go. And we'll, well, I'll tell you. I'll give you a review. Because we always like to make commitments on this show that we're faithful to keep. We probably said we'd make reviews of other things. Last time we probably said we were going to do stuff in this one that we have Oh, I done. guarantee you. I listened to it. I don't remember. We didn't make a lot of commitments last time. That's good. You wrote we some started, questions. It was really good. This one. I have some questions. Oh, cool. I had questions on the study one. That was good. Yeah, those were good. And we I'm talked sorry. a lot. Yeah, we did. Inning number six, the glory of God in our food. I'll try and... <laughs>
Inning number seven, the glory of God in our relationships. Oh, yeah. And I've got some exciting personal news. <laughs> yeah, you hit the right button. I love it. Yeah. Hey, welcome, everybody. Throw some roses. Um, Elise, the young lady that I am currently in a courtship with, is visiting for two months. She's been down since May, and she'll be here for a while. I'm not going to say how long, just in case creepers. That's weird. Yeah. Um, And so she'll be here for a while. She's staying um, mm-hmm. With my family, I'm staying with math uh, with a family. <laughs> um, some people, some people. Yeah, Try not family. to do names. Um, and we're able to see each other about every day, so that's really awesome. I'm really enjoying that, being able to grow in a friendship face to face instead of phone to phone, has been a huge encouragement and blessing. And uh, my dad has been serving me well, walking me through um, this relationship, and me leading a young lady through this relationship. God is being glorified. Yeah, that's all I've got to add. I'm grateful for Ellie. I'm good to get to know her, and uh, it's a pleasure to walk with y'all. So, inning number seven, the glory of God in our relationships. Inning number eight, the glory of God in our vocation. You got to hear the same song two times in a row. <laughs> You're welcome. Engineering ineptitude. That's a new word. You're not ineptitude. Yeah. Well, I've heard of inept, Yeah. but I've never heard of the titude added on. I like to add tude on. <laughs> <sighs> so I've got a new job. I'm sure I've announced to the podcast that Chick-fil-A has been done for a while. But uh, I'm working at PJ's Coffee in Pearland, so stop by Ooh, and you can PJ's. come and get a... I'll sign something for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really good coffee, really good customer service, especially when I'm on shift. Oh, no, I can't do my own horn. That's terrible. Uh, come when I'm not working. Okay. All right, that's enough of the crickets. They're too long. I know. The you need to edit that. Oh, you know what? I can... There we go. Perfect. Um, and then the internship. So those are my two. Yep. Uh, where my time's going vocationally right now. Yeah. Really and I, and I, so one of the things I thought about related to vocation is just the patience of, because I know when you get out of high school and you have desires for normal, uh, normal living on your own, you desire to grow into all these spheres that it can be really tempting to not think about preparation and patience in your development of your vocation but just want to get there quickly. Like what's yeah. the fastest way instead of what maybe the Lord wants or what's the best way. Um, that's yeah. important. Slow and <clears throat> steady wins the race. Um, no, that's not always the case, Not always, but, but oftentimes time matters. Yeah, yeah. Time does matter. Um, and yep. even just noticing like ups and downs in my walk with the Lord brought to you by me. Like, Hey, you don't seem like you were doing as well as you were a year ago. And then me not taking that well. And then thinking about it and you're like, yeah, yeah, actually, actually, actually correct. <laughs> Um, but being able to allow that to push me towards sanctification, to desire that more, um, vocation can 
wear you down, but it can also be a huge blessing. Um, especially when it's not the one that you want to settle with that you're going to be doing for years to come. Uh, I doubt that I'll in, in 10 years, I'll still be working at PJs. Hopefully I won't be working at PJs. Um, right. I've been fun with the buttons. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> listening. I'm just, it's a lot easier when you're engaged, when he's like looking over the pen. That's what you want to be. I'm trying to figure Yeah, I can't help it. I'm trying to figure out your, I'm hearing a little crispiness in our voices and I'm thinking their settings need to change, but I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm focused now. Yeah. Um, but those things, just keeping your eyes forward uh, ahead on the clouds, on Christ in the sky, not down on the earth, but remembering, you know, what the ultimate end goal is of life. It's not to get married. It's not to have a big family. Uh, it's not to make a lot of money or even make a lot of people happy yeah. um, or yourself happy. It's right. ultimately to glorify God. And I believe that's done by being disciples of Christ and disciple making yeah, um, I, I agree. And that can happen in the context of your vocation where you're working. You know, I have lots of opportunities to share the gospel and what I believe. Mm-hmm. It can happen in the context of raising a family. It should happen in the context of raising a family. Uh, yeah, and the end goal both. of a vocation oftentimes is to be able for, at least in my experience, that's my desire, is yeah. having a vocation that sustains a family and continues to glorify God in its content of what I'm doing. Yeah, I would say if, you, if, if, if there's a vocation that, prevents you from doing it to the glory of God and doing it for the glory of God, then you, you shouldn't be as a Christian engaged in that vocation. Yeah. There, sorry, folks. There's, there's no uh, Christian drug dealers. Really, th- obviously things that are crime, They're, but not only crime, even things that are, that are legal. You know, you, you probably would have a hard time. You can't work. You can't work in a strip club, no matter what capacity. Clinic. What's that? Or, or an abortion clinic. Hey, now, can you be a believer who's, deceived and for a moment of course you could be yes could you be converted while you're in those contexts and continue to be there i mean there's a movie i think there's a recent movie out there is i don't know all the details but we maybe that's another one we could talk about in the future but anyway no i think that's really good to to emphasize the glory of god in our vocation and particularly related to your development patience yeah there's a lot of area for patience of the kingdom and that makes patience a lot easier when you're realizing that you're never going to get to that end happiness we all have this desire for some eternal some perfect happiness some perfect good or the beatific vision as some philosophers would say um that only happens for christians when you're with reunited with our creator with yeah and i I think patience is not just waiting right patience isn't even just being slow about things patience is believing that god is sovereignly ruling as you mentioned that he's getting you where he wants you and it's it's reliance upon god in time and space yeah you can be working very hard and very busy scheduled and still have to have a lot of patience correct because again the end goal is not based on your speed yeah um you can be a diligent good worker who's very productive who's not seeing fruit and that doesn't speed up the process yeah patience is knowing that god's really in control here yep and it works and i trust his timing um and i'm going to do my best and if the lord wills these are the things i'm going to do yeah that's in a lot of ways where i am right now yeah it's good the glory of god in our vocation inning number eight eight Inning number nine, the glory of God in our worship. One of the most important 
parts of the human <clears throat> life is the glory of God through worship. And worship isn't just something we do on Sunday mornings by singing. It's also something we do on Sunday mornings by reading and listening to the preaching of the word. It's also something that we do all the day. On Monday uh, afternoons by resting and reflecting yeah. on what, who God is and what he's done for us. Exactly. Uh, so different contexts, different yeah. different ways in which we worship. Even yep. this podcast as we do it. Exactly. I mean, we say we want to do everything to the glory of God. That's so why we to give it, devote a whole inning, sometimes twice, <laughs> to the glory of God generally. Because we live, we I mean, that verse says it, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, everything we do, whether we eat or drink, whether you drink, eat or drink, in that context, it was whether you eat or drink, food offered to idols, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God, and that helps decide. That's, that's the priority that will help you decide what you should be doing. God commands us to gather together and worship. That's why we're there. Therefore, we're worshiping while we're there because God commands it and empowers it. Yeah. God commands we work. God commands we love our family. And then he empowers what he commands, and we it becomes an act of worship and yeah. obedience. I had a question. So, in the context of all of these things, we've talked a little bit about you know the in the last inning, we talked a little bit about relationships and or not relationships, but le- getting to a point where your vocation leads you to a family, uh, able to provide for a family. Once you're doing that, what does in the home during the week? What does how does worship? Uh, how does the Christian worship in that context? In your own personal experience, I know you've led us in family worship. Yeah, historically, I've not done that recently. Um, we now are kind of on our own for devotional times, for good or for worse. We're good or better. So I, I would say in, I mean, the rhythm of life, all of life is worship. You could, you could read the book, for example, by uh, Engaging God, by the man who wrote that whose name just... You keep talking, I'll look it up. Escapes me. But so here's the thing with worship. Um, We are beings created for the glory of God. So we're created for his worship. He delights in what we do. So that means when we're a faithful husband. So for me, in order to worship, I live my life with the idea that I want to obey the Lord in the spheres that he's put me in. I'm a husband, so I want to love my wife well. I want to love my wife as Christ loves the church, Ephesians 5. David Peterson is him. Yeah, I guess I could have said it. You could have. Thanks for <laughs> I lifted that. my whole oh. entire uh, yeah, setup very with the screen <laughs> to that you. That was very kind. Uh, because I wanted you to be able to say it. Yeah. So there's the book, Eng- Engaging God, God by David yeah. Peterson. That's a good one. That's one Bob Coffin yeah, would I think recommend. it's Engaging with God. And it's, I just had it. Yeah, maybe. A biblical theology of worship. There you go. That will help you expand. I recognize that when we say worship, we normally mean Sunday morning corporate worship. But he helps you see biblically how worship is everything we do. So plowing the fields is worship, doing our vocation. So we would argue, the reason we end with worship is that it in when I watch baseball, I believe I can worship God watching baseball. What that means is the filters by which I, so if I see something in the baseball game, like a great catch, I can say, wow, God made our bodies with that kind of dexterity and that kind of quickness and that kind of speed and that, that kind of flexibility, that kind of in perseverance or capacity to do that thing. And that thought exactly worded that way may not cross to your mind. Right. No, no, no. But it's but, the general view. But normally, I, but I would appropriate that. it that way. As, as a worshiper, I want to be a self-conscious yeah. worshiper. So that's why I like certain shows that have 
thoughtful storylines, even if they present a lot of ugly things. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about that in the past with Daredevil and others. The reason we like Daredevil is that internal turmoil that he has as a character for the haunting reality that there is a God and he's obligated to him. Uh, and that, that feeling, like, I'm doing this for a just cause. I'm doing this for the right reason. So anyway, with sports or music, it's the same way you glorify God. Now, if you're just a cons- – this is the problem with being solely a consumer. If you're just the end result, if the end result of this art form is just merely to please you and that's the end game, then that end game is not glorifying God. That's glorifying you. That's why we say everything is created for the glory of God. Even music that is not motivated to glorify God can can glorify God through other recipients, through other participants. It may not be written for God, but, um, or about God even. But sure. the in individuals who are enjoying it can right. bring glory to God by enjoying attributing it. the true the values of it, yeah. whether it's uh, just really good music, the quality, the the craftsmanship, the skill involved in it, and they're attributing that as God made this. Yeah, you see it real clearly in creation when people yeah. enjoy creation. God, look what God made. How come we don't do that through the creatures created in His image? Right. We don't say, "Wow, look what God like creativity." This morning, here I give you an example. One of the men who is growing into eldership at our church, uh, made a, we, we prayed, and, and before we prayed, one of the other men came, and um, his daughter was sitting beside me, and she was watching My Little Pony, and she wanted me to watch My Little Pony. She, she showed me on her little tablet, this is My Little Pony, see the character, she was telling me all their names, she knows all <laughs> of their names, uh, Thunder something and Rainbow something. Rainbow Dash, Thunder Pinky, Crash. Pinky. Pinkie Pie. Pink, oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Listen, I wanted to say that to be like, my sisters have watched a lot of My Little Pony. <laughs> that is and awful. I have been. I have to do school right next to, near the TV Yeah, from the angle that I'm at. So I've actually heard a lot of that show. So here's how David started praying at the end, just because I know you you got to get home. Um, David's. I don't know. That was, that was scary. scary. Oh, that was a notification on my computer. Really nice. cool. I don't um, think they heard that probably. Well, well, they did. I guarantee it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, he prayed. And when he started, we were teasing about My Little Pony. And, and then he started praying. But what the way he prayed was, thank you, Lord, for the creativity that you give your creatures to create these characters to do the art art and create. That's Because I talked about story. We're all enamored by story. Yeah. So this little girl, she's two years old. She's enamored by this these images and stories. And, you know, he was able to start with giving thanks to God for giving the creative ability. My Mm. point in that is there's a, he was worshiping the Lord. He's praying to God. And my little pony was the instigate, the, (laughs) the stimulus for worship. My little pony ultimately all of creation, as long as it is not sin, my little, yeah, should bring glory to God. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Regardless of whether it's our taste or preference, but even a artistic expression of a sinful thing. Can bring like the retelling of sin in scripture is a artistic yeah. it now it's from god we believe it's the word of god he's exactly. superintendent but even the retelling of that can bring glory to god now the thing itself doesn't the sin the yeah. rebellion against god and other great stories take from that you Correct. know like Les Miserables is a Correct. really really depressing depressing sad, sad full yeah. of sin and darkness Correct. and wickedness of men yep. but i believe that that story it, it does bring glory to god in, yeah. in the way that it's written and Redemption. it's redemptive aspects to it certainly there's some things that we would disagree with sure uh, there's the we live in a sinful fallen world 
we have to sift we through things, everything, and be discerning. Yep. Um, that, that was a really good emphasis. I, that helped me. I never thought of it that way, that even the retelling of sin can bring glory to God if it's tethered back to God's redemption. Redemption. And that. the way that it's told. It doesn't. So we don't want to glorify our own sin. We oh, want to yeah. glorify redemption. Mm-hmm. But with the way we tell it can glorify God. Not the sin itself, but the retelling of it for redemptive purposes, either to prevent other people from doing it or to highlight the redemptive aspect. Same way we have... Superhero stories, you have a bad guy do something bad. If you don't have the guy, bad guy do something bad, it's not a lot of fun to see a guy fly around his leotards and then at the end <laughs> win the story. What, yeah. what did you win? What did you do? And there's the cynical age now of having just the bad guy do something bad and ending. Right. I think there's some movies Yeah, that or the good guys way. or the bad guys. Or... Yeah, that's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, buddy. Hour long, we did it. Woo, we're back. We're back. Maybe next time we'll have H-Bomb on. Yeah, bring, bring, on, bring on the hopester. Yeah, H-bomb. We don't call her Hope. Hope we don't, I don't know who Hope is. I don't know. We've mentioned her, though, as... Oh, we have? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Okay. Well, man, uh, so much fun doing it with you. Thanks for uh, another week. I hope this was... Fruitful. Fruitful in some way. If and not entertaining. There at you least, go. Or not, both. Not, at least entertaining is what I meant to say. There you go. I agree. This has been... Theology, Theology at Home Plate. Yep. I'm Heavy D. And I'm Little Boom. I'm out. Deuces. <laughs>